This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. So today I'm talking to Donna Belgrave. Donna creates luxury soy candles and gift boxes with the Garden of England as her inspiration, using locally sourced materials wherever possible. She started the company after her event management career ground to a halt due to COVID in March 2020. So hi Donna, thank you so much for being here. Hi, no thank you for having me. You're welcome. So obviously I've <laughs> given you a little introduction there but could you also tell us a little bit about yourself and a bit about your business and what it is you're selling please? Yeah of course, um, so as you touched on I primarily uh, make um, hand poured luxury soy candles. Um, as you said I try to use uh botanicals and uh, it's hard to use the word experiences but things that remind people of sort of an English country garden as you know Kent is uh, widely known as the um, Garden of England so that was kind of my inspiration behind a lot of the collection. Um, we use try and use organic essential oils where possible um, for some of the scents that we like to use that that's not possible but we use locally sourced fine fragrance instead um, try to support other small businesses where possible um, in terms of collaborations and we do some gift boxes we're starting to do some gift boxes which also feature some other small local businesses such as distilleries um, and some chocolatiers as well so that's quite exciting um, but I'm really keen to try and work as I say with other small businesses to try and um, support those as well as uh trying to grow my own thank you so in the introduction we said that you started in March 2020 so obviously that's less than a, a year ago so not yeah. long ago at all really no <laughs> um so do you want to talk a little bit about about the beginning and I mean I'd, I'd be interested in knowing were you um creating candles prior to you know prior to your um, previous career ending or or was this something that started anew in March, if you see what I mean? Yeah, sure. So I've always, um, what my husband could attest to, had spent an obscene amount on uh, on candles over the years. And I had a kind of borderline obsession with uh, home fragrance and all things candle related. Um, and I, to be honest, to be brutally honest, it never crossed my mind that I, I would be able to create something like that. I just was very much a fan of the bigger companies that did it. And I liked, you know, buying from other kind of small businesses. Um, in March last year, when... Um, as you said, my events career, I've been freelance, uh, so self-employed over over 10 years of my, my whole sort of career, really. 
um, as soon as that disappeared, uh, when events could obviously no longer happen, um, I had no real idea when I'd be able to uh, go back to work or indeed you know, make, make any money, to be honest. I wish it was a little bit more romantic than that. But unfortunately, this, this idea was really sort of born of necessity. Um, I used it as a sort of coping mechanism for my own mental health a little bit to kind of own something um, that, that I had control over and something that I could very much influence and be in, as I say, control of. Um, so that's where the idea kind of came from. My husband sort of said to me, you know, you, you could, th these can't be overly difficult to kind of produce and to make it just, you know, you need the right idea, you need the right ingredients and the right kind of sort of marketing around it to, to make it a, a product that people might like to buy. Um, so after many, many, <laughs> many hours of uh, research and trial and error and probably hundreds and hundreds of burnings of candles, um, we finally got to, to where we were when we wanted to launch, which was um, really exciting. And actually it feels like a lifetime ago. It doesn't even, it feels a lot longer than uh, almost a year ago, which is, is strange, but obviously so much has happened since then. <laughs> yeah, it feels like you've, you've squeezed a lot into this 10 month yeah. period. It seems like you've done an awful lot because I yeah. had um, assumed wrongly, obviously, which is why you shouldn't assume, that you'd been <laughs> candle making perhaps beforehand and it just yeah, wasn't yeah. a business so yeah. how how did you learn how to make them because it sounds like you're self-taught as well so it's not like you could go along to classes because obviously that no, wasn't an option either that's it that's it so actually um where it first kind of came from my this was actually before lockdown so I had an interest in um, aromatherapy and all things kind of sort of scent related and my mother-in-law actually bought me um, an aromatherapy course at Neil's Yard in Covent Garden which I actually was lucky enough to attend before lockdown happened literally maybe 10 days before I think um, and that kind of kick-started the real interest in the science behind the aromas and the blends and all that kind of thing because the the actual physical act of candle making even though there's a lot of trial and error and there's a lot of science behind it the physical process is actually fairly straightforward it's it's quite um the steps are quite simple but it's obviously the different elements behind each step that take the time um but the in terms of the scents and the aromas and the the kind of reasoning behind the collection the sort of sense that I've gone behind was very much thanks to this aromatherapy class that I attended, um, as I say, just before. So there was, there were steps, the kind of cogs were turning before lockdown, but as soon as lockdown happened, that's kind of the kick up the bum that I needed to be like, right, no, you know, let's, I've been talking about this. I can actually do it. This, this will be, this will be great. And that's, uh, I went off and began. Wow. That's, yeah, that's really <laughs> impressive. So how long roughly did it take you from, um, you know, lockdown starting and you deciding to give this a go to, to actually sort of opening the doors for business? Yeah. So actually we, I say we, my husband and I, um, <laughs> I like to give him some credit because he's been very much the one listening to me moaning and whinging and crying and thinking I can't do this. And then, you know, jumping up and down when something actually works properly. He's very much uh, been there every step of the way. Um, we, we, I think we started really talking about it and me actually doing things, as I say, like at the beginning of lockdown. But actually, we pushed the button to go live on the website at the end of October um, I think weirdly the only reason I remember the date so clearly is because one of my um, best friends had a baby around the same time so I remember it being you know all kind of all hand in hand all this exciting stuff happening at the same time um, and actually one of the one of the things I learned very quickly is that 
I'm very much, I think, naturally, um, as with the events management background, very much a planner. I'm really quite detailed. I like things to have all my, you know, my ducks in a row before I commit to something, before something goes live, so to speak. But actually, with this, I had to, I, I chose to go live actually before I was really ready because everything, the essentials were in place. You know, the product was there, the website was ready. I think I was almost making excuses and waiting and putting it off day by day because I was a bit scared and a bit nervous. But actually, yeah, come end of October, I thought, right, if I'm going to capture this, you know, Christmas market, I need to, to go live now. And, and that's when we just did it. <laughs> Yeah, and I think there's a lot to be said for that for just going for it because I think if we if we waited for everything to be perfect or exactly as we wanted it, I think or most of us would just keep putting things off and off because definitely, it, yeah, it's it. I think it's like you say it's it's could be it can be a real way of, you know, I mean, this is a polite way, it can be a real way of procrastinating, can't it? To just oh, kind of think of I, I'm, improving I've become things. this huge procrastinator. I never used to be. And I think, again, whether it's a symptom of this bizarre situation we found ourselves in, but I, I was never a procrastinator. I was very much a, on the front foot. I was, a, you know, let's grab this, let's do it, blah, blah, blah. And I think I've almost been, so because I actually, so I had my, my daughter um, and actually was, only had only come back off maternity leave for two weeks before um lockdown happened so I'd actually been off work for a year and then back to work for two weeks and then off again um so I was kind of forced into an extended maternity leave so I think for my confidence and my um perceived sort of abilities I suppose for myself I was really quite my confidence had been shaken quite a lot and I think it that I was questioning myself a lot and I think that's why I just had to yeah like you say bite the bullet and just go for it otherwise I would have just kept finding reasons as to why it wasn't ready or why I wasn't ready well, well done for, for doing it and for getting it out there and so how have things gone um in the first couple of months yeah good I think to be honest having Christmas was um an absolute blessing so fortunate obviously it's hand in hand you know candles and Christmas I think is is that kind of season is just fantastic so I was really grateful to have that as as um as a catalyst as to why I think it, it was so successful in the first couple of months um I think a lot of research and I think the the scents and things that I was releasing at the time we have this sort of seasonal special so each season we'll have a couple of scents that literally only run for three months um to kind of make it a little bit more limited a little bit more interesting um obviously Christmas candles are just there's so many amazing ones that that you can go with that we um kind of had a bit of a kickstart in that sense so yeah it's really lucky I think it's been it's been really popular at one point actually I think about two weeks before Christmas um as yourself and I'm sure anybody else listening with who uses Royal Mail uh, for any reason for a small business were tearing their hair out uh, in a couple of weeks before Christmas because there were so understandably so many delays um, and so many problems that it was becoming really stressful and I did for a start to think do I really want to be adding this level of stress in but then you know that was such a short looking back it was such a short period of time that that was stressful for and most of it has been so much fun and, and so positive that it kind of could get through those tricky bits <laughs> and how does it work with candles I mean what um sort of logistically because I really don't know anything about the process so <laughs> do you get orders and make the candles or do you make the candles and then sell what you have and I'm sorry if that's yeah, a silly so, question because I really don't no, know no not at all not at all so candles have a, a relatively good shelf life so actually you if you have a 
um, a collection like mine that's relatively limited. We have a core collection of four cents. And so I basically have a good stock of those the whole time. And then when I have a seasonal special, such as at Christmas, we had the two, um, there's a clementine and clove and a, and a festive fur one. Um, I would almost, I'd make a lot smaller batches of those kind of as I was running, because one, I didn't want to be left with loads of stock, um, you know, when Christmas had finished and have to do like a January sale type thing. I didn't really want to go down that road. I kind of just wanted to try and get to, you know, finish the stock at the end of Christmas. And that was that kind of thing and then retire them um, for the year. So, yeah, you, you can kind of go down one or two roads. You can do what I do and kind of have a healthy stock of most things most of the time or you can make to order. But I as a consumer, I personally just quite like it if I can get something quite quickly I suppose I'm quite impatient so if I kind of you know if someone orders something I try you know and get it out same day or next day ideally um so that's kind of the reasoning behind having some stock ready yeah. to go that makes sense and is it also mm. something where it's easier to make it in batches definitely oh for sure yeah so any candle makers all have different um different equipment and different methods and you know some depending also obviously it's very scalable some some bigger companies obviously have you know vast vats of uh wax you know um, melting um sort of equipment going 24 7 but obviously mine's a much much smaller operation um but yes absolutely making things in batches i would carve out some time whether it was when my daughter was asleep like uh, like now when we're recording this she's having a nap so <laughs> that's good timing um or when she's in bed at night you know every evening from 7 p.m until I went to bed at 11 would be churning out you know candles um in the studio while my husband was getting his own way with the television so he was quite happy um but yeah any any spare hour I had that my daughter wasn't awake basically was spent yeah churning out batches of of candles so is it a long process to make candles? I'm, I'm just really fascinated because yeah, I've got no course. idea how you no, make them. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, no, it's not actually. It's time-wise, it's relatively quite short. So you you can you make you can make a batch, say for example, um, at, at lunchtime on on a Saturday, for example, and they they ideally need sort of twenty four to forty eight hours to cure properly. So you can't really do much with them. Um, until at least you know a, a day or two later so they're properly set and cured and, and steady and and good to ship um, but after that they're pretty they're pretty good I say they've got a good shelf life and stuff but yeah they're um, they are pretty quick it's just the curing that takes the time making for example I you know you can make probably with with the equipment I have at the minute I could probably make maybe sort of 30 candles in an hour I guess would be a, a good um, a good estimate Oh, wow. That is much quicker than I thought it would. Yeah, it is quick. I say the curing time and the space it takes to, to stack all these candles for curing is, is the, the trickier part. But the actual, um, yeah, the, the manufacturing process, so to speak, um, is pretty quick. Yeah. So it's the that... research behind it that takes the hours and months it feels <laughs> yeah and I guess also sourcing um the scents as well must take some time definitely and and as I say when you start to when it's just you as you probably know when you're on your own doing something I say I have my husband to kind of bounce off as a bit of a sounding board but it's it's really tricky to make I found it quite tricky when scent is such a personal thing like when you look at like if you were going to buy a perfume for somebody unless you know them really well or know what they already like it's really tricky to almost you know guess what scents people like so for me to narrow down to these different scents was quite um quite a tricky process I found a lot trickier than I thought it would be when I first had the idea of doing it I thought oh yeah I'll just you know 
choose four cents and sell them and that's that but actually I changed my mind even on just the core collection I changed my mind probably 20 30 times before I actually decided what I was going to go with which sounds ridiculous but until you start doing it it's, it's really hard to know and I guess as well, given that sort of the time this all happened with the pandemic, mm. it also wasn't like you could do research groups and focus groups and say to people, smell no. these and tell me what you think. Because you Yeah, can't, we, you, can't you say that. I actually have, um, so I have two, uh, two very close friends that live, um, one's actually moved away now, but one still lives very close to me, literally four minutes walk down the road. And at one point I was actually making candles, um, like test candles, um, uh, sticking the the scents on the bottom of them the name um dropping them on her doorstep getting her to burn them <laughs> and label them like her favorites but without knowing what they are um and then I would go and she'd leave them outside and I'd go and pick them up again and she, she was she's so amazing and you know spent so much time helping and giving her feedback so that she was kind of my only apart from my husband my only um real sounding board but it it was it was crucial I think to get an outsider's perspective on it who hasn't been sniffing these things you know all day every day you kind of go a bit nose blind yourself so yeah I can imagine and it's good you're able to do that because yeah, yeah. that's it's a real challenge isn't it because smell is something that we can't do over zoom so it's really good <laughs> no. to have someone to do that yeah it's the only thing even in sort of yeah virtual reality you can't really um you can't do the same thing yet you're right <laughs> And so how did you find this, the sourcing process? Because obviously as well as sourcing scents, I presume you have to source wax and jars yeah, and packaging. That's it. So I, um, I've been led, I've tr- because there's so many options for every single element of it, I actually used the, the process of uh, using kind of Kent as, a, as an anchor to kind of try and be like, okay, you know, let's, Every time you go look, think of some material that you need, think of some glassware you need or wicks, all this stuff and the scents and the oils, try and obviously always bring it back to like why you're choosing that one. Is it anything to do with, you know, the Garden of England? Is it Kent? Is it a local supplier? Like try and it, it, it helped narrow it down a little. Because um, obviously when you think of a jar for candle wax to go in, there's literally hundreds of thousands of options. I mean, like too yeah. many. So I, for example, went with the amber glass jars because it reflects the sort of brewing heritage um, and the hops and the oast houses in Kent. So I quite liked that even though the jars I use, they are recycled glass, but they're not from beer bottles. Um, the aesthetic is kind of, you know, ties in with that, the, the, the brown beer bottle glass um, heritage, which is quite nice. Um, we don't have such a kind of romantic story, unfortunately, with the wax. The wax is just... I have gone with a supplier who is uh, based in Kent and the wax is or it's a soy wax, which is much better for the environment than any other type that I've researched. Um, So that's that's the only sort of story with that one. But yeah, I kind of tried to tie everything back in to that kind of local narrative, which is quite nice. Yeah, that's really nice. And it's nice as you did that you kind of kept it local and also Mm. like you say really useful to have a criteria because yeah I imagine that glass jars you can get so So many places and (laughs) yeah yeah, the choice and you get lost so lost yeah Yeah, you do you do yeah I imagine that criteria made it really easy well not Mm. easy but easier easier. yeah easier things down (laughs) 
Um, so let's talk a little bit about sort of being a, a business owner. And obviously you've been self-employed, it sounds, for a while. Um, but I guess this is a different kind of business because there has to be a balance between you actually doing the crafting and the making of your products and then the business side of things. Mm. So how how is that working out so far? Yeah, so what's really funny, and um, my, my husband absolutely grills me all the time about this is I did a um I did a business degree at uni that I mean you know long long time ago but that's what I did my degree in and he just finds it hilarious because basically I am horrific at all things financial I'm 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 amazing with a spreadsheet um which you know I think comes from the event side of things um but awful with all things you know receipts and finance and I kind of everything's a bit jumbled it, it all gets there but it's not really in any kind of slick <laughs> process um so my husband is very very much the uh the leader on that side of things and I'm so grateful to have him um so in, in this respect in this business I'm definitely enjoying the uh the creative sort of outlet side of it rather than the kind of um you know day-by-day admin business side of it um I love having something that's mine that I've created that's that I'm at the end of the day the the kind of you know solo the sole input into it um which is quite nice but also there's obviously the other side of that it's when you're wearing sort of the hats of a, a a business owner and trying to do everything else at the same time that's also really tricky you know having my daughter and I've got we've got two dogs and sounds silly but you know they're just like it's another responsibility it's another thing it's another thing to add into the daily kind of schedule um so I found sort of juggling all that side of things really hard actually really hard um but I'm learning every day as we all are you know it's very much learning on the on the job I think when you start a small business you you can't be expected to know everything at the beginning unless you've if you've never done it before even if you like me did a business degree there's so much every day that I learn and and I don't know yet so I'm really interested to know I'd love to see a crystal ball and see what I'll you know be I'll have learned in a year's time it'll be interesting (laughs) I think yeah there's nothing like learning on the job is there no no sure and I think with this also what I've actually found one of the weirdest things is that I needed to start looking at my business as a business and not as a hobby um, because it kind of started off as a lot of people uh, you know you go to Etsy or wherever and you type in you know soy candle there's so many candle makers and I think not everybody wants to turn it into a really profitable business some people are really happy to keep it as a hobby um like we've briefly chatted about it it's great if something can be profitable but not actually you know you may not want to grow it into anything bigger um but actually I really needed to keep snapping out of the oh this is kind of a sideline kind of a hobby actually at the moment right now until I know when events are going to come back and I'm going to get some work again this is very much my primary income you know this is my job this is what I have to carve out time to do um it's not a sideline it's not a hobby it's, it's very much my job so it's, it's kind of focusing a little bit um every day which is I found quite quite tricky yeah I think that is that is hard and also I think as the when you think of it as a business there's there's, almost, there's so much to do to run a business aren't there there's that you say all the hats that you have to wear yeah. it's yeah. um it's a lot whereas like if it's a hobby there's obviously a lot less pressure definitely it- yeah I'm, I'm really lucky that my throughout all of this um without getting bogged down in it I um I wasn't um 
able to get any of the grants or any uh, government support whatsoever. So I've literally had zero pennies um, support since March last year. So the only income I've been able to bring into the home is what I've made from the candles, which has made it there's a, a bit of pressure, probably mainly just from myself that I want to, you know, achieve something and I want to make a success of it. But I'm really lucky that my husband has a, in, in inverted commas, grown up job, um, a, you know, a proper job. Um, so he can kind of keep the roof over our heads, uh, which is just incredible. And I'm extremely grateful for. Um, but also, you know, I need to remember that my my role is, you know, th- I bring in money too, which is kind of something that's been really important to me. So for my own um confidence more than anything else I think yeah and how are you sort of managing the balance between all the things that you have to be done so for example how much time do you spend making the candles versus selling the candles yeah I think so as I was saying the the making is very much kind of as and when I can I you know I, I carve out some time whenever um she's asleep or or at nursery or wherever um the selling that the marketing because we're not able to do face-to-face sales like the you know the Christmas fairs the markets the Saturday craft fairs all that lovely side of face-to-face interaction that actually I'm I'm really excited when we will be able to do that because I haven't had that I've had to do a real crash course in you know um online marketing and SEO and all the kind of social media side of things, which I I thought I had a fairly good grasp of generally sort of from the events side of things, but actually there's so much about marketing a product versus an event that they're so different. Um, I've learned, as you say, learning on the job um, every day. It's been, it's been a definite learning curve. Um, Every day there's something else that comes up that I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that I need to do that. So yeah, that's been quite, quite interesting. And I guess, like you say, it's hard as well now because candles are one of those things that sometimes people would prefer to smell before they buy. Definitely. It's really hard. And there's, there's you know, ways and I won't say too much, actually, because there's going to be a new product coming out soon that um, that, I, that isn't quite ready. So I won't uh, I won't tease on that one. But there, there's there's ways that you can kind of like help people to understand how something might might smell but yeah it's without actually smelling it like you say picking it up at a fair off a stall and kind of going oh yeah that's great I'll have five um it's a bit of a bit of a gamble but so far it's all right going all right <laughs> no, that's really good and I had no idea that you can explain smell about someone being able to smell something as well. it's that's really, really it's going to be interesting to see how it works but we shall see we shall see <laughs> oh is that something you're looking to do in the nearish future yeah yeah it is in the in the spring so in a in a month or two oh so I'm thinking maybe by the time this episode goes live perhaps there's a chance it will be available it'll be yeah. available <laughs> and if it is you'll have to make sure you let me know so we can definitely um, add it in we can tell people. but yeah definitely yeah I definitely want to that'd be yeah, amazing cool. if we can if we can share that with people that's good I'm really yeah I'm really intrigued <laughs> to know how you to know how you do that yeah so yeah please please do update me if that's will, live before this goes out for sure so just a few more questions to finish mm. up, if that's okay, Donna. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what are some of the things, so we're coming back to sort of managing the business side mm. and the crafting side, is there anything you've learned that you think would be useful for for people to know? Definitely. So um, I think one of the things I've always been really bad at is accepting help. Um, so accept any help, any relevant help when it's offered, whether that's, whatever you're making, whatever you're building, doing, offering, if somebody, even if somebody doesn't really have any um, 
experiencing that exact thing there might be people that have been like oh well I did you know I I sold a a different product but actually you know some of the stuff crosses over so they can give you some input so don't just because someone doesn't for example sell candles and they make tables for example um, it might be that they have some relevant experience and stuff so accept help even if it comes from you know advice comes from places where you might initially think oh that's no help to me just sort of be open to to accepting help from places where yeah you might not expect it to come from I think would be would definitely be one um another one I've definitely felt quite heavily before Christmas um is that competition can be really healthy but don't sort of obsess I've I'd often would find myself sort of um checking you know other candle companies started around the same time same time as mine I'd be you know seeing oh how many followers do they have what they posted today like checking 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 and actually you know some of my friends would say to me it's 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 great to keep an eye on it and be you know it's a bit of healthy competition to keep you motivated and keep you sort of on the right track but don't get sidetracked by it don't be you know disheartened if oh they've you know I don't know uh, got a new product out that you hadn't thought of or they've got more followers than you or whatever like what that company is doing what those people are doing is is amazing for them and what you're doing is amazing for you and there's room for all of us and that's something I've sort of really had to work on and, and sit with um but I'm definitely there now I think for Christmas it was quite tricky because it was so competitive but someone said to me a good bit of advice was you know you walk down the bread aisle in Sainsbury's and look how many companies make bread like there's room for all of us um you know we all have different offerings and that's that's a good thing that's a good thing for consumers so I have to kind of remember that sometimes <laughs> that's good and that's yeah that's a really good perspective actually yeah yeah it's healthy I think it's to, to remember it from that side of things and I guess also that every, there is definitely room for everyone because I mean with, with lots of things but scent in particular it's so personal isn't it such so a personal, personal thing and it's and it's also with with candle making I think that <laughs> should I say with candle buying rather than candle making you have an idea about some people you know might buy a candle because they like the way it looks they almost literally don't care what it smells like like the way it looks is the most important thing to them um, whereas somebody else you know you could send it to them in a baked bean can but they 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 burn it and they really get the scent is very much something that they you know create in their homes they they have it, lots of things in their homes to kind of create an atmosphere that's very important to them and they actually you know care more about that than how it looks so it's kind of nice to to be able to kind of try and play to both both sides a bit which is nice yeah and I also guess it's also personal in the sense sense that I, I imagine that you could have five Christmas candles from different candle makers and to someone they would all be very different even though they might not be seem that different if that makes sense yeah definitely people have like you're saying because it's so personal someone you might burn three um of arguably on paper the same scent in front of somebody so three candle makers could have made a you know for example a, a clementine and clove or whatever um a candle but every no nobody knows what's what another candle maker what blend of oils they've used you don't know where the oils have come from what wax they've used so all of these different elements even the wick and the container material like everything makes a difference and it all adds into this cocktail so you as I say you could burn these three candles that are called the same thing but actually they are completely different and that person smelling them will sort of have preferences in their own you know brains the receptors are much more 
you know, they might hook on to a, they like really sweet smells. So if one of them is a sweeter, more cinnamony smell, they'll go for that one kind of thing. So it's, you know, even though I might adore something I've made, it's really risky and worrying and scary <laughs> when you sell it and go, oh, please like it, you know, because I love it. So, but it, not, you know, not everyone will like everything, but you can only hope that you've made something that enough people like. <laughs> Yeah. And as you say, the nice thing as well is that does mean that there's room for everyone, which is definitely, which yeah, is really there nice. is, there definitely is. <laughs> and so before we finish up, Donna, what would be your number one piece of advice to anyone else wanting to start selling products? I think my number one piece of advice would be, I did touch on it earlier, but I think it really would be don't wait until every little piece of the puzzle lines up of your of your dream of your aim of something that you want to do don't wait for everything to fall into place because sometimes it just won't sometimes you have to those pieces of the puzzle aren't even available yet you know you're you're constantly learning and evolving and your idea your your product your your service whatever might as mine has it might constantly change and be be making you know minor tweaks the whole way like my my website my packaging and um, a couple of other aspects of my product have changed a lot since I actually launched in October. Like I, I found a better way to package things. And so kind of, I suppose in a nutshell, is don't, don't kind of think you've got this everything in a nutshell, all wrapped up, ready to launch, like perfect, you know, and set in stone. Um, be able to kind of have the flexibility to be like, okay, well, you know, let's kind of roll with the punches a little bit and have the sort of, you know, the foresight to, to think actually this might need to change or I might need to change that or, or whatever. Um, yeah, don't wait for it all to be perfectly ready to roll because it, it, it won't be and it doesn't need to be. Oh, that's brilliant advice. Thank you so much. No, not at all. Pleasure. Well, thank you um, for, for everything, for all that you've shared today. That was and, great um, to talk about it. And I think my husband will just be pleased that it's not him having to listen to it for once. <laughs> it's, it was fantastic. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'm really excited to see what you do in the next couple of months, because thank yeah, you. as you said, your business is so, you know, still, you know, relatively early days. And yeah, it's really in its excited. infancy. So yeah, there's lots of things in the pipeline. We've got some really exciting um some products coming out in in the spring I say in a, in sort of probably six to eight weeks time so we'll keep everybody posted yeah definitely do thank you so much Donna thank you hi thank you so much for listening as always I would absolutely love to know what you thought of this episode please do remember to rate and view the show and also most importantly subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and as a reminder I release a new episode every single Friday so take care and look forward to speaking to you again then If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.